Welcome to Bethlehem Covenant Church's sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed as you listen to this message. Bless is an acronym, and it has five simple practices that teach us what being blessed to be a blessing looks like. So the first letter, B, begin with prayer. We should always begin with begin here because this is where the heart of it is. We ask God to pour his love for others into our hearts and to enable us to extend God's blessing. We will bless others to the extent that we depend on the Holy Spirit. This is the one that we'll talk about later today. The second one, L, is listen with care. Sometimes we associate evangelism with talking at people rather than listening to people. But God calls us to engage authentically with others and to listen carefully to their stories. There's a saying that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. When we listen to people, the people feel validated and loved, and they are also much more willing to listen to us. The third letter is E, which is for eat together. Many of Jesus' most significant interactions with people involved some kind of food or drink. There's something about eating together that just creates meaningful and lasting connections. The next S is once we can understand people's needs, we can serve with love. So this one is serve with love. And in doing so, we imitate our Savior, who did not come to be served, but to serve. And finally, the last S, we become vulnerable enough to share our story of the change that Jesus has made in our own life. God blesses us to be a blessing. In adult Sunday school, over this past while, we learned a little bit about Abraham. We went through some of those stories in the Old Testament, and one of them was Abraham. And in it, it talks about how God tells Abraham in Genesis 12 that I will make you into a great nation. I think it's up behind you here. Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And the people on earth will be blessed through you. Now, if you know Abraham's story, or if you sat in adult Sunday school, um, you'll know that Abraham was nowhere near perfect, but God used Abraham still to bless all the families on earth. And we, like Abraham, do not have to be perfect. As a matter of fact, God's strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. Matt and Melanie Warner had stopped by the other day, and we were just talking, and they talked about the beauty of a place that they had visited in Utah. And there was this beautiful canyon and a river, and all of that beauty was actually a product of erosion. <laughs> And it's just amazing how God can take erosion and make it into something beautiful. We all have scars. We all have struggles. We all have erosion <laughs> in our life. But God can turn those scars, those struggles, and he can use them for his glory and for something beautiful. He can use them to bless others through us. 
Several years ago, there was this hashtag that was trending, hashtag blessed. You're probably all familiar with it. Well, after a while, many began to identify that trend as annoying and slightly ridiculous. <laughs> there was even one article that was entitled, why hashtag blessed is the most annoying hashtag on Instagram. And then one person had written, hashtag blessed might as well read hashtag bragging. So it was becoming where people would just use it as an excuse to flaunt their blessings, not necessarily to use their blessings for anything else, but to just put it out there. And it wasn't bragging because it was hashtag blessed. <laughs> well, the scriptures teach us that being blessed is far different from that. Being blessed is not self-centered. Biblical blessing, rather, is both God-centered and other-centered. It's God-centered in that true blessing only comes from God. To be blessed is to be a recipient of God's divine and gracious favor. It's not because of who we are, but who he is. It's not because of what we've done, but about the work that was done for us by Jesus on the cross. Biblical blessing is also others-centered in that God blesses people so they can in turn bless others. Ephesians 1, 3 says, God has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Being blessed is a joy indeed, but God doesn't bless us just so that we can have happy feelings or happy circumstances. He does love us as his children, and he wants us to have blessings, just as we want for our children. But we don't want blessings just for maybe one of our children. We want it for all of our children, and God is the same way. He wants that inheritance to be shared and passed on. He blesses us to be a blessing to others, and we get to participate in that great joy of extending God's blessing to the world. Being a blessing to others is one of the things that I think our church body is great at. There are so many occasions that I and my family have been the recipients of your blessings. Dan is away on sabbatical right now as one of those blessings. You reach out to others when they're down on their luck, when they've gone through surgery or the loss of a loved one. You reach out to refugees' families who find themselves in a foreign land. You give food and clothing, sorry, <laughs> to our school district kids that need an extra hand and not to mention all of the times that we never hear of that you reach out to your family and your friends and your neighbors to bless them and to serve them and to pray for them. Really, you're actually already doing evangelism by the things that you're currently doing. There's a theologian, his name is Mark Russell, and he was, wanted to do some research on businesses that he called business as mission. So he took a look at 12 businesses that were seeking to create a profitable, sustainable business that were intentional 
about pursuing kingdom work, kingdom impact on the people and nation. And specifically, he did this for those who were um, focused on Thailand. So their goal was to use the power of business to address spiritual, social, economic, and environmental needs. He chose six companies that focused primarily on developing successful local businesses to enhance the local economy. And any impact that was made on the Thai people that moved them toward their faith in Christ was viewed as a byproduct, a secondary goal. Although conversions were most definitely welcomed and celebrated, they weren't the main focus. And Russell called these businesses the blessers. The second group of businesses, six of them, focused primarily on conversion. So any profit and success in business side was considered their byproduct or their secondary goal. Most of these businesses originated outside of Thailand, and they used their work as a means to gain access to the country, hoping to bring a Christian presence of those who did not know Jesus. These companies were much more concerned with the spiritual destiny of the local residents than with their economic improvement. Russell called these six the converters. What he discovered was that the blessers did much more social good, employed more people, and generated more income than the converters did. That was the blessers' goal, and they met it. But the thing that he found interesting was that the blessers also saw more conversions take place. And even more surprising, the blessers experienced more people converting to Christ by a ratio of 48 to 1. And it, this was over a period of several years. Why was there such a difference? The blessers built deeply genuine relationships. They hired people for longer term. They invested more into them which in turn created and built this trust with the community. So when the founders and the leaders of the blesser com companies did talk to them and share their faith in Jesus at the right time, the local residents listened. They were genuinely interested and influenced profoundly by the blesser's natural, relaxed manner of sharing their faith. On the other hand, the converters never really became a part of that local community, partly because their agenda overshadowed their relationships. We see that people do not care about our agendas unless they know that we get them as people, that we're committed and we care about their well-being. People want authentic relationships. That is what BLESS is all about. So now that you have kind of an overview of what BLESS is, I'm going to start us with the first letter, which is B, begin with prayer. Jesus taught us to pray, and Jesus was always praying. I remember when I was um, a teenager, I had written this poem, and one of the lines said something like, as on his feet he prayed. I, just, I had this picture of Jesus always in prayer always in connection with the Father, always seeking every step he took. He was in prayer. He prayed in private. He prayed in the garden. He prayed in public. He prayed before meals. He taught his disciples how to pray. Prayer should be our beginning point. 
a while back, I was studying about the miracles of Jesus, and I noticed that most of the time when the miracle is recorded in Scripture, it says right before it, Jesus was moved with compassion and healed their sick. Jesus was moved with compassion over the hungry crowds and fed the multitude. Jesus was moved with compassion and gave sight to the blind. Jesus was moved with compassion and cured the lepers, cast out demons, raised the dead. Jesus was moved with compassion and stepped out of the boat and began teaching them. Matthew 9, 35 and 37 says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. And that's where we come in. Compassion moves people to do things. The first thing that we need to do is to pray that God will move us with compassion. Ask God to pour his love into us for those around us. I once saw someone with a t-shirt and it said something like, treat others like Jesus died for them. And I just, I love that. God does his greatest work because of love and because of compassion. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Our prayers are much more fervent when we love and when we're moved with compassion. Um, Luke 22, verses 31 and 32 say, um, this is where Jesus is talking to Peter. This is just after they've had um, their supper together. And he says to Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. This verse shows how Jesus is moved again by love and compassion to pray for his disciples. I love this verse because it hits close to home. I firmly believe that the reason that I'm here today is because of the prayers of my parents, my sister, my grandparents, and the people in the church that I grew up in. I was blessed to be raised in a Christian home and have wonderful Christian parents, but the devil wanted to sift me, and I'll tell you he did a good job of it. <laughs> um, I had gotten to the point in my life where I felt so hopeless that I had even pondered about ending my life. The only thing that kept me from that, I thought, was the fear of leaving the hell that I was experiencing on earth for a worse hell. So even in my desperation, the prayers who loved me 
were at work preventing me from doing that. One Sunday morning, after one of my Saturday nights of staying out too late and just one of my Saturday nights, <laughs> my sister, who lived with me at the time, asked me to go to church with her. And I immediately said no. It was early. I was tired. But she kept on asking. And she asked so many times, in fact, that I had a good mind and I had the thought of just falling back <laughs> with a good heart punch to just keep her quiet. But miraculously, instead, I blurted out the words, I will go with you if you go to Open Door Church. I surprised myself even by saying that. <laughs> and she said, no, I have to go to my church. Why, I asked. And she replied, I don't even know what time Open Door starts. I said, it starts at 10. <laughs> and then somehow we were headed off to church. I do not know how that happened except for God. As we headed there, I was just focused on getting it over with. But God had different plans. And the prayers of God's people were poured out on that day. When I got there, God's love overwhelmed me. And as soon as they opened up the front for the altar to be open, I ran. And I literally ran up to the front and gave my life back to him. That was March 19th, 1995. And I believe it was a direct result of the prayers of the people that loved me. My grandmother, whom I loved dearly, and I was very close to her, she told me before she died that she had the same dream three nights in a row. She said that she was standing at the pearly gates and that behind her were little lambs, making little lamb noises. And I believe that God was reassuring her that though she did not see it yet, her children and her grandchildren, whom she prayed for, would one day follow her into those gates. And I'm one of those little lambs. So this morning, I just want to encourage you that all of those prayers that you've been praying are being stored up for the perfect time. God's timing is perfect. Revelation 5 and Revelation 8 both tell us that God stores up the prayers of his people. A favorite promise of mine is um, in Psalm 126, verses 5 and 6. And it says, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. These two verses together bring to mind a picture of um, a tear bottle. Tear bottles are these small, usually glass bottles, that were used to collect and store a person's tears. And these had been around for since like 1000 BC. These tears could be tears of sorrow, loss, and pain, or tears of celebration, love, and joy. In Psalm 56, 8, David says, you 
God, <laughs> put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? Your prayers are not only precious to God and numbered by God, but they are used by God. To end, I just want to draw your attention um, in your bulletin, or if you didn't get a bulletin, in the pew backs in front of you, there is a bless insert. If you want to take it and just open it up. You'll notice that there's two, under begin with prayer, there's two bolded um, things listed there on the inside. And the first one, it says, turn to God. It says, begin by asking God. God, where are you already at work? Where do you want me to join you in the work that you're doing? How do you want me to bless those people? Maybe God's already brought people to your mind and your heart. Um, or maybe that's something that he will as the week goes. Um, once you have those names, then you would go to that second part, create a prayer list. So think about the people in your circles that God has placed in your circle for a reason. And as you think about those names, just kind of pray over them and let God bring those names to the forefront that he would have you to pray for daily. If you'll notice on the other side, um, there's bookmarks. There's two of them there. So you can use the bookmark to kind of jot down the names of the people that you are going to be praying for. And you notice there's two bookmarks there. So one of them you'll keep as a, as a reminder for you to pray for them daily. Maybe put them in a place where you can see it. Um, I, always, I always found that I could pray better for someone if I was looking at a picture of them or, or whatever. I'm kind of a touch person, too, so I'd often hold on to a pillow or something as I prayed. Those of you who are a child of maybe the 80s know of these little doodle bears. I used to have a doodle bear that I wrote people's names on, and I would hold it and pray for it. But whatever it is, whether it be something visual to help you remember to pray or a set time that you pray. Um, you can use this bookmark as part of that. And then the other one is meant to be, it'll say like church copy on there if you see it, is a duplicate. So you would put those same names on that second, that bookmark. And then what we're going to do later today when you come up for communion, or if you need more time, you can bring it after that, is... I have this basket here. I'll put it up front. And we are going to just drop that copy in there as a symbolic gesture of us offering this to God. We're going to bring that up. And as we pray through the week, that's our offering to God. But we're also just going to do a physical um, act of placing them up here 
and giving them into God's care as well. Um, under that create a prayer list, there was a couple more steps, three and four. It's just to ask God to show you how to pray. You know, God will lay things on your heart by the Holy Spirit. Pray that God will bless the people on your list and pray for them by name. There's something powerful about saying their name. Remember that God is already at work in their lives. If you don't know what to pray for them, on the back of the bookmark, there are some scriptures that you can use even to pray some scripture over them. A scripture that I like to use is um, in Ephesians, 4, Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 21. And as you read it, you can kind of just place... Instead of you, put the person's name in it. But Ephesians 3 says, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his Holy Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in, his, in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. May you have the power to understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. The most important thing as you go into prayer is just to pray what's on your heart and just let the Holy Spirit guide you. As you have more conversations with the people on your list, because this is just the first part, <laughs> we'll continue this journey. Um, for some people, it may be years that you continue this journey before, you know, you get to that last point. Um, but you'll start to learn more and more about the person you're praying for, and you'll be able to pray more specifically for them. And as you do this, just remember that Jesus prayed not only for his disciples, but when he was in the garden, he also prayed for you and for the people that you're praying for. In John 17, verse 20, he says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. So what an awesome privilege to join with Jesus' prayer and to offer our prayer. Jesus is the first tear that goes into the bottle. Ours will follow. Um, I'm going to lead us in, in prayer and then Jessica and Tobias are going to um, come up and lead us in communion. But um, just take some time and let God bring people to your heart and to your mind. And then if you are ready, when you come up for communion, I'll have the basket up here. You can place in, and then after we share in communion, I'll lift those up to the Lord, and we'll pray a blessing over them as well before you go. Um, so let us, let us pray. 
Father God, thank you for blessing us. Thank you for blessing us by sending your son to pay the price for us. Help us to be a blessing to others who don't know you or maybe have started down a road away from you. Lay upon our hearts and minds those around us that need you. Pour your love for them into our hearts and use us to bless them. We ask that your Holy Spirit would guide us, that your Holy Spirit would go before us and go with us, and your Holy Spirit would continue its work after us. In Jesus' blessed, powerful name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay up to date with all of Bethlehem Covenant Church's information and events, head to bccwaverly.com.